Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hi, this is the Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, August 12th. I am in Bucolic, Bristol, Connecticut, and Tom Carpenter is sitting next to me. He's the editorial watchdog. Tarika Foster is behind the glass producing, and Tristan, you're there somewhere, right? How are you? <laughs> I'm pretending to sit next to you. Yeah. It was fun when we did that. Um, it's awfully bucolic <laughs> today. Uh, why am I here in Connecticut? Well, do I need a reason? Um, yes. Uh, the Fantasy Football Marathon is uh, is today, tonight. Uh, check it out. ESPN 2, I believe, from 7 to midnight tonight. And then uh, another ESPN channel, probably ESPN regular. Um, 28 hours of fun. But we're here to talk about baseball because there is, Tristan, no Aristides Aquino in football, best I can tell. Did I pronounce it correctly? I believe he did. <laughs> I mean, is there an Aristides Aquino in baseball? I mean, this is, wow. He's Just, good. Wow. He tied Trevor Story's record. Way to go. That being the, the most homers of the first 10 games of a career, seven of them. Incredible. That's pretty good. We'll yeah. discuss him, and we'll discuss lots of other things. But first up, here is the buzz. <laughs> All right, so I wrote my blog today, and I know you checked it out, Tristan, because you read everything I write religiously, as I do you. I do, when I can find it before the show. <laughs> well, I don't know if Tom posted it yet. Tom, is it posted No, yet? I think he did. Well, actually, actually I think AJ posted it. Oh, AJ. Oh, yeah, it is posted, because I saw the email. Yeah. So, yeah, well, let's just talk so you, you all can, the insider you can... stuff while we're doing the show. <laughs> it's posted, Tristan. You didn't read it? I'm appalled at you. Yes, today you can be mad at me. I will. Don't worry. I'll get to it. But remember, there is a, there is a forecaster to get ready because of the early game today. <laughs> we know you're very busy, Tristan. And I'm only going to say Come positive on. things about you today because you are awesome. You win all your leagues. You're a good pal to all of us, and you do a great job on this show, and your insight is invaluable to everybody. So I'm only going to say positive things. So you, you do know, that forecaster. I, I got, yo, the tough part here, though, is I might not win a certain league related to the show. And neither might you. We might we might both wind up on the outside of the Vampire Leagues. I'm not going to the playoffs. Although I did steal Raphael Devers from our friend Tom, the intern, today, which might be a big problem for him. Uh, because now he may not even make the playoffs. Um, sorry, Tom. But my team's playing better. I could have taken Chris Sale. Would you have taken Sale or Devers? Uh, it would depend. I don't know what your pitching staff would look like there. It's I bad. I just, I just, I, I thought it'd be more fun Sale. to take yeah. Devers. I, I know Sale's numbers against non-Yankee opponents is great, but to me, I can fake it in pitching, and I do. I'd probably be claiming the pitchers anywhere I could, and I sort of wish I had taken more pitchers when I had the opportunity. So <laughs> I won my matchup as well and claimed Mike Trout. So now I have oh like this, yeah, I have this absurd outfield now of Trout and Bellinger and Eddie Rosario. I got away. The outfield is insane, but I have nothing else. And here's the catch: I am playing the guy that I must beat this week, or I'm out. If I lose to him this week, I'm out. I can't. I will not be able to beat him at the tiebreaker. All right, so beat him. You're good at this. Win. We'll I don't think I had the pitching to do it. Like Rocket Adrian. Just win, man. Yeah. Well, I've, what I've forgotten was that it was four, not six teams to make the playoffs. Yeah, you got to so be good. Yeah. I'm tied with about 300 teams at nine and nine for fourth place with this team I'm playing, but they have about a 150-point advantage. So 
Got to beat him. Got to. Um, so I did pick up Aquino on that team. So my team is loaded now. Bellinger, Arenado, Tatis, Bichette, Jordan wow. Alvarez, Acuna, Devers. My best pitcher is probably Jacob. No, I have, I have Lance, I have Soroka, Lance Lynn. Now um, I'll ask, if you had had this team on opening day, of course. Where, yeah, do you think you make it? Yeah, but I mean, I also have three top 10 overall hitters now. I didn't, can't have that in a draft. Right. See, I think this is the part that people don't understand about the complexity of the Vampire League is that to get to a team that's playoff caliber, <laughs> it, took, it took me too long. Sometimes it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm rooting for you, and I will. And we'll update uh, the listeners on on your progress as we go along. Let's talk about Aquino um, because he had three home runs on Saturday night. And uh, while I was at the Hartford Yard Goats game with Dave Schoenfield, the MLB writer, and Jordan Alvarez hit three home runs as well. So I made that the focus of my blog today, saying we knew Alvarez was going to hit. Two years ago, and he is hitting. He's hitting 355, ridiculous slugging, and I think he might even be a top 50 overall pick next year. But with Aquino, you know, I, I could have made the parallel. I didn't think of it until after it was posted, but like Adam Duvall was the top hitter last to pick up last week. Everybody wanted him, and then he had a bad week. Is Aquino going to do that? We just don't know enough about Aquino. He didn't do much in the minors, Tristan. He batted 216 and 240 the past two seasons in double A with only modest power. Now he adopts this Tony Batista batting stance, and he's a monster. But is he? Like, would you pick him up this week? Would you drop the, like, like Duvall? You would drop Duvall and Josh Van Meter last week's uh, big pickups, but, you know, who else would you drop? Would you drop Hunter Pence? You know, like, what are you doing with him? Yeah. And P- Pence, I probably would also drop just because these are guys who are near the cutoff for standard mixed leagues or even 12 team mixed leagues. But to your point about three years ago, what we knew about Alvarez, three years ago, we never heard of this guy and nobody would have ever forecasted him making a significant contribution at the major league level. Three years, not. three months ago, Tristan. Really, well, nobody knew who he was mm, three, three months, months ago. ago people were, three months ago, people might have been talking about him because of the numbers he was putting up at AAA. But even then, they would not have been saying uh, anything like what he has done over the past two weeks. Uh, but to your point, yeah, we might pick him up, he'll have a bad week, and then he'll be right back on the waiver wire. I, I, I do think... In his defense, he is going with an all-out fly ball approach, and he's getting a lot of good contact in the process, and he has the right ballpark in order to make that work. So absolutely Adam as a speculative guy. I'm not losing anything of relevance here. Pence is probably the best player I'd be letting go. His um, his hard hit percentage, and again, it's, it's a fortnight of activity, tells us that these are legit home runs, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. with the happy fun baseballs, I don't know what's a legit home run anymore. So anyway... Not too much on one guy. You want Alvarez, Aquino, sure, pick him up if you have the room. But next year, is Alvarez a top 50 overall? Like, if you're drafting for next year, don't you have to consider this guy in round four or five already? Uh, I do or is think that too much? Well, I do think you have to consider him. One thing is, he was one who, and I'll get you the latest uh, games played here, he was one of the ones in severe danger of being DH only. Yes, and he is... You know, he's thundering towards this with only seven games in the outfield. Now, the Astros are focused right now on trying to get future defensive positions decided for not only him, but also Cal Tucker. They're doing with him at fir- this with him at first base in AAA. So I'm curious to see if there's anything that plays out with this over the final month of the season. But if Alvarez is a DH, I imagine that people are going to be a little bit hesitant to take him in the top 50. I think that's a mistake. I'm on board. Eric, you mentioned the top 50. I think we should get behind that. I think everybody should get behind that. He's got that legit power. Where are you taking Jorge Soler and Hunter Dozier of the Royals next season? Uh, Dozier probably strikes me as that, that low to mid-teens, kind of thing like 12th to 15th round. Uh, Soler, 
he'll probably get drafted uh, 20th if I had to just throw a ballpark number. Right. Let me ask you this question because in the second half of the season since the All-Star break, he's been fantastic. He's even getting on base all of a sudden. I don't know why I didn't keep him in a certain sim league. But the point is, he's going to end up with 45 home runs, Tristan. So if Chris Davis, the good one, who hasn't been good, if Chris Davis last this year went in round six or seven, and Soler is outfield eligible, why wouldn't Soler go in round six or seven? What, like, what's the reason behind that not happening? Well, you, you know why you didn't keep him, first of all, defense. Not a complete player. And that goes to, as you mentioned, yeah, okay, he, you know, he might be, he might be getting on base a little bit better lately, but I feel like this is still kind of the one trick guy who gives you just power. I don't think there's an awful lot else out there. And he's still on a team that calls one of the worst ballparks for power his home. For him to continue to put up this level of power output, I think it's very difficult to forecast that, especially considering his injury history. He stayed remarkably healthy this year. That's another big check in his favor, but we can't just forget everything that came before it. So give me his numbers for next season in Kansas City. I still think he's a 25-plus homer power guy, uh, but I think he's... Only 25? Prob- he's going to hit 45 this year. <laughs> I just, I understand... He might every- hit 45 this year. He's already at 35, Tristan, yep, with 35. seven weeks to go. He's going to... Yep. You know, he's going to break the club record for home runs. I mean, nobody wanted to have this guy in fantasy. And now look what I'm just saying. Like, we've underrated players like this. That's my point. Okay, but 35 is the new 25. So this 35 homers doesn't really mean anything to me. Now, if the baseball is the same, I'll throw you 38 homers next year. If the baseball is exactly the same, it's 38 homers. I think he's losing eight-ish off the total if the baseball is identical. I have no idea if it's going to be identical. (laughs) Briefly with injuries, at least Soler's healthy. Juan Soto, Christian Yelich, Nelson Cruz. You drop in Cruz. We think he's back this month, but we don't know for sure. It's a wrist injury. Second time he's been on the injured list. That's a problem and Mm -hmm. and sad because I really like Nelson Cruz, and I wrote about him last week, and there's no such thing as jinxes, but – um, obviously, Yelich could play tomorrow. Um, Soto, that was a sprained ankle, rounding the bases. He could play this week, early this week. Don't do anything with these guys. But are you dropping Cruz? Dropping Cruz for Solaire? Uh, I mean, if if that's the option you got out there, yeah, I, I would do that. I This is the thing with Cruz. We're going to get an answer, I think, in the next 24 hours, in which case oh, you can make you your judgments so? here. I think so. I think he's he went on the injury list, what, like Wednesday? We know what he has. It's a question of whether he needs surgery. If he needs then. surgery, then he could be done. And he's out for the year. That would I, be bad. I'll be honest with you. The minute I heard what that injury was, I thought his year's over. So, yeah, but they're a playoff, potential playoff team. They may not even win. I understand, but do you think he'll be anything like he was before the injury playing through this? Because well, I don't. I don't want to assume he won't be because, you know, he already had the injury. And then after the All-Star break, he hit like 16 home runs in three or four weeks. So... He obviously was fine then, so I'm I'm going to try to keep him rostered. As He's my... not fine now, though. All right, well. It's it's a torn tendon sheath, isn't it? I believe so. If he doesn't need surgery, they think he'll be back later this month. I want to wait a little bit longer is my point. Yeah, and, and based on the production he can give you, I, I'm trying to keep him around. I, I did cut him in one league because I just have too many injured players. It didn't make me feel good, but you know, I, I do hope he comes back for fantasy teams' sakes, really. All right, now this is from our friends at Lightstream. Credit card bills. Every month, you get them with multiple payments and multiple due dates. Wouldn't it be easier to have just one payment at a lower rate? Well, you can with a credit card consolidation loan from our friends at Lightstream. 
Get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with AutoPay. That's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. Plus, the rate is fixed, so it'll never go up over the life of the loan. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with no fees. And you can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. The online application is so easy, you can apply right from your phone. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. And just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash FFB. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash FFB. Disclaimer, subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash FFB for more information. Now it is time for the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. We got four of them since our last show. Juan Soto did it on Friday. Jorge Soler, not a big base dealer, did it on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Paul Goldschmidt and Ender Inciarte. All right, so Soto and Goldschmidt are, are rostered in every league. They're top 20 hitters in fantasy. Uh, Soler, we just discussed. Ender Inciarte, I believe off the top of my head, so I'll have a laptop open, was like round 10 this year in ADP. And everybody dropped him when he didn't hit in April, and then he got hurt for three months and lost his job. And now his job is back, and I think it's relatively safe because he's an elite defensive center fielder. He's capable of stealing, you know, five, seven bases in a month. You might need steals in your Roto League. Are you adding in Ciarte? I am, and I I did, as a matter of fact, do this in a couple of cases. Uh, it's not an elite number of stolen bases, but in this environment, it's absolutely a, a worthwhile contribution. Uh, the ADP was 129th overall, so he was looking like a, a clearly universally drafted player, uh, probably a number three outfielder, maybe a number four at that tier. All right, so pick him up if you need stolen bases. Um, I guess I glossed over a couple guys. Bo Bichette, a major league record, nine straight games with a double, didn't steal a base in the same game as a homer, but looks like a monster. We talked about him a little bit last week. Um, Nicholas Castellanos has hit better than I thought he would. That's He had two homers in a game last Thursday. Not yep. a base stealer himself, but uh, batting second in that lineup, good things should definitely happen there. And it's nice to see Goldschmidt steal a base because I remember like three months into the season, I was saying he hasn't stolen any, and we counted on 15 to 20 from him. So it's nice to see him doing that. He's again. been quite productive since the break, too. A much, much improved Paul Goldschmidt. However, we've lost some of the batting average contributions he used to provide. So let me ask you, like, guys who are streaky, good or bad for you? Are you happy with that when you get to... Like, next season's drafts, are we going to view Goldschmidt a little bit differently next season? Because for the first couple of months, he didn't do a whole lot. Maybe that's because he joined a new team. But all this streakiness we're seeing with the new baseballs and so many bad pitching staffs, it just seems to me that we have to take that into account next year. Is Goldschmidt still, like, a third-round pick for you in next year's drafts? And it doesn't matter how he finishes because, like, if he's going to be so good for a while and so bad for a while— that should go into the equation. Yeah, and I don't think he will. Well, he might be. I, I I won't feel good about taking him in the third round. He'll be 32 years old, so it's not like age is a major question. However, that's at a point where you're not going to expect a player to put up career uh, prime numbers, which is what Goldschmidt had two or three seasons ago. I think the problem with him is the batting average is gone. He's had issues with fastballs at times when he slumped that we hadn't seen two or three years ago in his prime. Uh, even in his, his hot 
spells since the All-Star break of 28 games, he's a 288 hitter. So think about that. On the high end, he's hitting 288 at so the So now stage. he's Jose Abreu with steals. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not as many fair. as you want. <laughs> if it's if it's Jose and, Abreu with ten steals, man, that's that's like round six. Yeah, and in fairness to, uh, I mean, you've mentioned Abreu a couple times during the season on the show. In fairness to Abreu, Abreu is probably not getting quite enough respect for his numbers, and Goldschmidt is getting a little bit too much. And the two of them should narrow closer in those uh, in terms of ADP in twenty. Uh, 2020. All right, now we talk about the saves. It's the closer carousel. The closer carousel. Um, I think by our next show, Ken Giles might be on the injured list, and he might be out a long time. I don't know if he needs like the, the dreaded Tommy John surgery, but Derek Law has three saves already in August. Now you'll say, and properly, that Derek Law is probably not that good. You'll and- say. <laughs> I know that song. Yes, I love that song. I uh, can you sing a few bars? I a hated more? that movie, but I loved that song. What movie? Uh, what the movie was? <laughs> if the it's movie? the one we're thinking of. All right. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> what movie you're talking about? <laughs> I know the song. All right. Why don't you sing it? <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. Oh come you on! Your right singing now. voice is a lot is in a lot better shape than mine. This Only week. Kyle was here to sing, but Kyle, you know, he's football now. He's too big for us. Kyle, Kyle probably didn't notice that Mike Miner threw almost two through shutouts this week. But, uh, well, you know. of course he's going to hide from that. Come on. Yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, yes, he was instrumental in a Vampire League win, Kyle. <laughs> all right, so uh, Derek Law you don't like, and you, and you probably shouldn't, but like Derek, uh, I think I mentioned on the last show, Derek Law versus Joe Jimenez, they're about even for me. Um, yeah, that's fair. All right, so, so first of all, your comment about Ken Giles, was that a tape from June 28th? Because I feel like we could have said that on dealing this for a while. literally every show. Oh, he, he's about to go on the IL. Oh, but then they say, no, he's not going on the IL. What is it? Blue Jays, make a make a decision already so we can lock this in here. Derek Law has pitched pretty productively, so I'd be with you on the he's at least worth what Joe Jimenez is. The only issue I have with him is just the walks. I, I'd like to see better control. Atlanta's next save goes to? Luke Jackson, unless by some ridiculous notion they want to throw Melanson in there again. So a guy on Twitter is attacking me because I said that Shane Green was going to lose the closer role and Luke Jackson was going to get it back. And he kept going at me, and I finally just said, look, dude, Shane Green's not that good, mm-hmm. and I don't know what they're going to do. They end up going to Melanson next, and he was awful. And then yep. Jackson got the save yesterday. The fact is, like, they don't have a closer still. Shane Green has just been bad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can say what you want to me. It just really doesn't matter to me. At some point, I just give up and, and turn Twitter off. But the point is that Atlanta's closer situation, you can make the case now you just don't want to deal with it. And that's really rare on a first-place team. It, it really is. And, I mean, look, whoever it is, if they're at least converting 75% of the save chances, they'd be productive for you. But we have no idea who it's going to be on any given night. And I, I don't anticipate that changing. Any other situations we should discuss? Any pickups? Because, again, Detroit, Seattle, even Derek Law, these aren't pickups in ESPN 10 team standard or Roto Leagues. They're just... Not nobody wants these guys. Anything yeah. any, it, Jose Leclerc? I mean, the, the amount of time Tristan we have spent on Jose Leclerc <laughs> this season is utterly ridiculous. Enough yes. already. I, he, he converted a save the other night, but there's that guy in the eighth inning throwing a hundred with a crazy movement, and his name escapes me. But you know who it is. Um, what's that guy? The Texas setup man. The he, kid. Yeah, he just got called up, and he's already in the eighth inning. Uh, Emmanuel Slade. I think, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. 
Uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Slade. No, it's like Where did I get C. Emmanuel Slade? Clace. Clace, that's Emmanuel it. Clace. Where did I get Slade from? I don't know. You're listening to that on the side right now? Or, <laughs> um, I think Clace I might write about for tomorrow's closer report because, man, that looks like a good young closer. Now, the clerk already gave – well, clerk has like a three-year or four-year extension on his contract mm-hmm. to be their closer, but, you know, this kid might be better. Yeah, um, Le- clerk at times has had – those promising traits that we saw last year, but the control has just been awfully inconsistent. So, I, yeah, we, we're, we've given him way too much attention, but I guess he's the guy. I, I am very interested in what Clays can do behind him. I, I mean, that's a guy I've been throwing as that, that 2020 kind of save sleeper. We'll, we'll see exactly how that, that plays out because he throws a, a great fastball. There is another um, bullpen, I, I'd say, of pretty big relevance, the Mets. Um, I think Seth Lugo gets more saves than Edwin Diaz the rest of the season. I think you can say, I know that. You know that? Wow. No, I think, yeah. Well, I was saying you should, but. <laughs> well, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. Look, if I was managing, I would have made that switch two months ago. But most managers are afraid to make these moves. But Edwin Diaz has allowed a home run, I think, in four of his last six games. Yep. He looks terrible. Seth Lugo's really good. Now he pitched a two-inning save on Saturday, so he wasn't available Sunday, but. Do you really drop Edwin Diaz? And again, I could write a blog about this. Like Kirby Yates next year, is, could he be the next Edwin Diaz? Does that scare you? It's a fair point. Uh, and it does show that even the best relief pitchers are at risk of completely imploding and providing you no fantasy returns. So, yeah, to, to the Yates point. I think Yates should be ra- uh, ranked well, drafted well. I, I get it, but... I won't the, draft him in round six. Diaz He's is go a cautionary tale. I won't but, do it. Is he, cu- is he worth cutting? Yeah. Of course I, not. I, I, oh, Diaz I, I, or Yates? Diaz. Oh, God. No, Yates. And, and you know what? On a standard mix, I would cut Diaz now. because you have I to. I don't feel confident he's going to get more saves than Lugo or Jose Leclerc or even Joe Jimenez. The whispers of a demotion that, that there's a possibility of that tells you an awful lot about where Edwin Diaz is currently in the Mets hierarchy here in the bullpen. And what bothers me most about it is that... I, I feel like Mickey Calloway hasn't managed him well the entirety of the year, or at the very least what he has been telling the public about what his role is cra- casts questions to me. They they won 14 out of 16 games in spite of their manager. It's not because of their manager oh, being, doing a good job. Trust me. It's but in the, spite but of the, that. The, the, the words and the way that he has publicly yeah, yeah. treated the Edwin Diaz role and his approach to closing games casts a lot of doubt to me on the bullpen. Seth Lugo has been great, however. Yes. And we should not be, you know, criticizing him based on what Callaway has said. Lugo's good, and he's got to be added. And by the way, start a relief eligible. And by the way, and look, nobody in March thought that Edwin Diaz would struggle. I'm just saying, don't be that person who takes Kirby Yates in round six or seven of next year's drafts. Let's see, see. I disagree with you. Yeah, but it, you're, it you're using to my the, point. You, no, you're using the one that went bad in order to criticize the other eight that went right. And sometimes this just happens. They haven't gone right. Chapman is losing a mile per hour every year. Kimbrell's on the injured list and wasn't good when he was healthy. I mean, look at all the uh, – Blake Trinan lost the job in, in June. Like, closers are uh, – we've talked about this. They're yeah, bad no, investments. I, I don't know why you would take one in round six or seven. I'm that seems ridiculous. Res- because the bottom tier right now is horrendous. Then, then punt and then pick them up in April and May when they win jobs. I, I'm telling you. I think more you. people would agree with me at this point. Uh, it, I'm gonna, mm, I'm not so sure about that. Maybe in our 10-team standard game, and you can piece it together. But I'll tell you, anything deeper? So you're sure that happening. Kirby Yates is going to be great? No, I'm not. All right, well, that's why there I'm not doing There is risk there. Like, there is risk present anywhere else. We could throw a whole bunch of guys who I'll went to the top 25. I'll take Jordan Alvarez over Kirby Yates next year. 
Well, obviously. No, not obviously. Kirby Yates is going to go around six. That's where the top closers go. That's where you rank them. You wouldn't take Alvarez before that? Of course I would take Alvarez before that. But right. I don't think he's going to go before that. I'm not sure where he's going to go. But the point is, no matter even Mike Moustakis, Tristan, any guy who I think is going to be a good enough hitter to be like an anchor on my team and I don't have to worry about, I would take over any of the top five closers. That's my point. I think Moustakis is a lot more replaceable here than a guy like Jordan Alvarez. And next year, by the way, that's the year that Chapman could fall apart. Yes, that's the thing. Like, we, we should not be criticizing Chapman's returns this season. He's given you value. I right, briefly, the schedule um, for the next couple of days, ESPN Plus on Monday night has Merrill Kelly and Peter Lambert at Coors Field. There should be lots of runs scored. Remember Lambert, his first great game was so great. Everybody added him, like, oh, he's Coors. doesn't matter. He's going to be great. He's not great. He's a two-start guy with the second one against Miami, and for a minute there I thought— I wouldn't thought, activate him. Hmm, well, in the leagues where two-start pitchers— are worth a ton. Yeah, but tonight you're going to go three innings and allow six runs. I can't pre- do it. Precisely. I, there's traps. I'm trying to illustrate the idea of the traps here. This is one of them. I think I was right last week. I said something on Thursday that Tatis was going to homer off John Gray, and he did it on the first pitch. Yeah, he did. Back-to-back uh, leadoff homer games. ESPN uh, regular has Eduardo Rodriguez and Zach Plesac at Cleveland, the, the division-winning Indians. Maybe they'll win the division. Maybe the Twins will. I don't know. It's just it's amazing how quickly, how quickly some of this stuff has changed. The Mets, the Indians, like... A good month or so, and you're the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, the Reds. It's just am- and Philly's getting out of it. It's just amazing how fast this goes. Um, please, Zach, are you buying? Because he's, he doesn't have the stuff of a top twenty starting pitcher, and he's faced some you know, easy opponents since uh, mid June: Baltimore, Detroit twice, KC three times. But he looks good, and Boston's offense ranks at near the top, but it's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I would set the baseline here for this game as what he did against Houston, which was five innings, six hits, four runs. That's probably not going to be meaningful enough for you, even though he did get the win in that game. Cleveland supported him. But I do like him in general. I'm just going to avoid the tougher offenses like this one. Tuesday, uh, you say Kikuchi at Detroit. Kikuchi's been a pretty big disappointment, I would say, this season. I, I think expectations were a lot higher. I'm not sure what round he went, but it was around like 13 or 14, I would think. Uh, last out against the Potters was fine. Struck out eight over five innings, allowed one run. But he's allowed a homer in 12 his past 13 starts. Even against Detroit, are you in? And I don't know what his second start of the week is or if there is one. Yeah, he, he does have a second start. I'm, I'll get you what that one was. In the meantime, he was a 17th-round pick in the preseason, so there was a lot more buzz surrounding him, especially coming off the game in Japan. If you had to draft afterwards and then had that applied retroactively, that would have... Uh, had an influence on it too. Second game is in Toronto, so it's another good matchup. That was why I was thinking about him as a two-star pitcher. Forced into a situation with this, I did go with Kikuchi over Lambert. I don't feel great about that either. I will be clear on that team. I'm in a pretty rough spot in terms of starting pitching. So we're, we're I, I think we're still looking at this as a desperation play. I would take Chase Anderson over both of them. How about that? Wasn't available for me, unfortunately. Well, Anderson has not allowed more than two earned runs in a start since June 21st. Really under the radar. He's readily against, available. It's home against Minnesota in Milwaukee. What's the second game? I'll dig up the second game for you. You know what? Minnesota without Nelson Cruz, I I think um, I've changed my mind a little bit on Minnesota. They hit a lot of home runs, but even if Chase Anderson gives up two solos, that still could be fine. Um, Chase Anderson's second would uh, would be in Washington. All right. that's 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 middle of the pack. Yeah, I'm kind of curious whether he might he might have actually graded ahead of these, which is why he's not out there. 
Wednesday Night Baseball on ESPN. Oh, look at this. I can't wait for this. Now, look, my Phillies aren't making the playoffs. I'm pretty, you know, I'm honest about this, okay? They've gone in the tank the last six weeks. I don't know what's going to happen with Mr. Bonespur or the lineup or who gets fired or demoted or whatever, but Cole Hamels at Aaron Nola. I might even go. That that just looks like so much fun. Um, Nola's rostered in every league. He's a top, borderline top 10 starting pitcher. Again, he's pitched well, not his last outing. What do you do with Cole Hamels? I think he's available in some leagues, Tristan. And his last outing was terrible. Um, gave up a lot of runs. Uh, it was four earned, but there was more than runs than that. Eight hits over three innings to the Reds is, and the Phillies lineup just shouldn't scare anybody, frankly. I think Cole Hamels is actually a pretty good pickup for the week. I think he is. Uh, I'd be more bothered by the fact he went 74 and 77 pitches in those first two starts back from the injured list rather than the matchup itself. But I think he could bump this up into the 90s. I, yeah, I think he's solid enough. Dakota Hudson on ESPN plus at the Royals. Um, you did not like Dakota Hudson or you did? I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to remember here. Um, I, I was in because nobody wanted him. Uh, if we're singing his praises today, guy's got a 157 whip. I'm out. Yeah, that's too high. Too many walks. And he didn't have any strikeouts in his last outing. Look at that. Eh, I'm not in. Not in. Sorry. I don't know if the car, I don't, the wildcard race is fascinating to me in the National League and the AL to some degree. It's only three, well, four teams for two spots, but. National League, I mean, Cardinals could get in. It's just, I don't know. It's, stuff. yeah. <laughs> and there's day game, early day games on uh, really Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So please get your lineups in for daily. Well, not As, Tuesday. There's only night games. Only night games Tuesday. Okay. Well, you know, I'm wrong half the time. All right. That's it for the first half of the show. And now we've got our myriad hash browns. Okay. Um... First up is Ryan. Where will Jordan Alvarez finish on the player radar next season? Give me, um, I mean, give me Alvarez's numbers for next season. Let's assume he get, gets 600 plate appearances. What do you think? Hmm. Is this a 30? Now you said 35 homers doesn't matter for Solaire types, but Alvarez is hitting for a lot of average, gets on base a lot, but he might be DH only. So like, that's, that's the juxtaposition I don't get. Like if, if Solaire hits 270 with 35 home runs, I think he needs to be like a 16th, 15th round pick at the latest. Right. I understand, you know, a year ago or like this year, those numbers would have gotten him in round seven with Chris Davis. But, um, like Jordan Alvarez, man, I want to pick him in round four or five next year. I think he could hit 300 with 40 home runs. That was right. it. Uh, well, I mean, here's the incredible thing. He's got 40 home runs total between the minors and majors this year today. So is it really all that far-fetched to say he gets there next season? Even if we have some regression by opposing pitchers being uh, more acclimated to facing him and throwing him better offerings. The other thing, too, is if the baseball changes at all, doesn't that also apply the appropriate amount of regression? I mean, we got about, what, 43, 42, 43 games left a team? You know what? We keep, we're going to keep using the... the the words if the baseball changes and we're not going to have any idea until mid-April. Right. Okay. So we got to do rankings now. I don't. We got to make decisions now. But when, when we're saying it, my point is I don't think that anything's changed in terms of the value of a home run for each individual player. I think that the, that generally speaking, guys who hit home runs are performing about as well compared to the league average as they were before under a different baseball. I don't think this is changing too much for specific guys. The only thing I pointed out was, and it was a couple shows ago, that on the high end, we're not getting guys who are putting up 70 homer seasons. They're topping out at 50 to 55, or at least they look likely to. 
All right, next up, Steve. Any reason to not punt on Scooter Jeanette in redraft leagues? Uh, he homer was it yesterday off a of lefty, a Phillies lefty, so I don't know. If into that really the, counts. yeah, he, he hit one into yeah. the bay. I mean, Phillies pitching. I mean, look, you can't lose everybody to the injury list and then expect back to win, but Scooter Jeanette, he has not looked good this season. Um, I'm fine with dumping him in redraft leagues right now. I just think he's going to be now a little bit underrated next year. Now the ballpark is not going to help him in San Francisco, but like this, this looks to me like one of those kind of patented injury seasons where a guy just can't get right, and then next year he goes back to his old self. That's how I view Scooter Jeanette. Do you Which agree, is, or you're just done? No, it's the way I'd like to look at him, uh, and I've been you know, painfully holding on to him. In uh, I just you can't forget about his last two seasons. And say that 2019 overrides what he did in 17 and 18. Right. When we're looking at 2020 drafts. Yeah, drop him right now. I mean, I can't make much of a case for him. But right, right. next year, I'm going to make a case for Scooter as like, I don't know, mid-round pick. The issue I have with it is, as you mentioned, the ballpark. He is very much a pull power player. And the shift from Cincinnati to San Francisco is one of the most extreme shifts you could expect for a player. So that's the kind of thing that's going to cut five to eight home runs off his final total. And as long as you're okay with that. No, if it's 25, well, see, that's the thing. He hit 25 to 30 home runs in Cincinnati the past two years. Next year, even in San Francisco, why can't he do better than that because of the happy fun baseballs? It's extremely difficult to hit yes. for power. Brandon from Belt will tell side. you that. By the way, yeah. we're boring, Tom. He just yawned. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We've got some questions on this side of the glass. Whoa, what are you doing here? <laughs> Football let out early? Uh, early. You know, we got 28 straight hours coming up. I don't up. know gotta, if, gotta, like, gotta we need, Tristan, we need to have Stella. a show meeting here and see if we're okay with Kyle coming back just whenever he feels like yeah. it. Let's have a, like, a little vote here. Tom, you can vote. Tom's yawning. He doesn't door. want to vote. Yeah, why Why is there not a lock on the door? It. It's a heavy door. It's soundproof. I just pushed my way in. We got a big pull around here. <laughs> well, before you read anything, I need to read something as sure. well from our friends at SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It is as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if their site is annoying and doesn't have the events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is, how easy could it be? If those ticketing sites actually cared. With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you are looking for all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets. So you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. By the way, Tristan bought tickets off SeatGeek a couple weeks ago. We had a great time at a baseball game, and then he ate a big turkey leg and got turkey juice all over his turkey leg T-shirt. And I like to talk about that, not in a bad way, but in a positive way, because that was the high point of my evening for me. And I feel like the, the game, survived. The shirt survived. The shirt survived, and I think you should wear it like on this show. Now we can't see you or anybody right now. Our show doesn't have. You. I got my marathon shirt on today, so you know today's being the a company man, right? Um, why is Seeky better than the rest? A quick look at the App Store. Shows more than 50,000 five-star reviews. How's that for customer satisfaction? It's just a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. Then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. And finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. And we all have a SeatGeek app on our phones, and like we said... Tristan just uses them for tickets recently. So SeatGeek will give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use the promo code 
Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFB for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. All right, Kyle, you're here. Sure. Might as well put you to work. Yeah, I mean, some guy named Nick and me teamed up for this question. We'll see if you can, you know, sort out whose question is whose. But one of the questions is, underwhelmed with Dallas Keuchel, is it okay to cut bait in the 10-team league? The other question is, is Eric considering going to the Phillies game because Tyler Chatwood and his 11 strikeouts in his last six innings will be on the field and potentially pitching? I don't think that's a real question. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, I, you, I think you should <laughs> hang up. First time, long time. Um, with this infatuation with Tyler Chatwood, man, I, I, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little worried, man. You know, you, <laughs> Did you just come back just so you could talk about Tyler Chatwood? Yeah, I had to do it. I got a dentist appointment. I got to run. But I uh, just you know, wanted to see what you guys had to say. <laughs> They let you out of football class so you could talk about Tyler Jowett, and now you're going to get your <laughs> dental work done. Okay, he's getting his braces off. He's only 16, people. Um, hey, now I can still hear. <laughs> Tariqa, can we lock the door after he walks out? I just think that's the right thing to do. You know, like, not, not everybody's invited to our show. You're absolutely correct. It's yes. done. Okay, thank you so much. Dallas Keiko's last outing went poorly, Tristan, but before that, he was really good. So why are we down on Dallas Keiko? Ah. Uh. Kyle's invaded the booth now. <laughs> the lock's not working. Uh, please don't tell me you're doing his dental work for him, okay? There's no, going to be a problem no. here. Yes, I have a hammer. <laughs> That's what we'll use. Tom, what are you doing back there? <laughs> um, Dallas Keiko, I don't think he's – is he a drop in a standard just because of one bad outing? His other outings were fine. I, I think he is only if you wanted to consider him just in the streaming class, which I, I guess he's close to that. I lean towards trying to keep him around. I try to avoid the obviously difficult matchups just because he, he doesn't get a lot of Ks. But, I mean, Keiko's Keiko, isn't he? I don't think, like, if you look at his overall numbers, that's kind of what we expected. It's just the way he got to them was just a little bit odd. For him. Yeah, yeah. But, I think some of the worst outings have been a little bit uglier in the stat sheet, but the sample is small. At the end of the year, I'd say the ERA is going to look right. a little bit better. Dallas Keiko versus Zach Plesak, rest of the year. Our own little name game. Like I, I like probably Keuchel, right? Or what about Eduardo Rodriguez or Keuchel? Two well, lefties. Rodriguez. I'm a huge Rodriguez fan. And that was. I'd have I should have seen that coming. Leaps and bounds ahead of these two. Dallas Keuchel versus Tyler Chatwood. Um, <laughs> Dallas Keuchel, Mike Miner. I mean, it's Miner, right? He's you got to ask Dentist Drill or Rick Porcello start for for Kyle. You know, <laughs> I mean, Tyler Chatwood's already walked somebody. The game doesn't start for like 48 hours. Um. <laughs> I'm not, we are awful. Yes, I, we are I'm just trying awful. not to be. Ben has a question. Do you see either Jesus Lazardo or Forrest Whitley getting pulled up, I guess promoted is what he means to say, and helping me out this season? Have I both stashed and trying to position myself for the fantasy playoffs? Um, I think Lazardo is far more likely to be called up and be a starter because Whitley would only be in the bullpen because now Aaron Sanchez is back to his awesome stuff. How could Toronto not figure out what Houston figured out in a week? Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Like, some organizations, I'm not ripping on the Blue Jays, but, like, some organizations just see something and they fix it right away. And Aaron Sanchez has, is he even allowed a run yet? I think he allowed one over yeah, the weekend. He did. It one was run a run in five innings, I believe. Now, he's not an ace, but, like, Aaron Sanchez versus Dallas Keiko rest of the year. What would you do there? By the way, that was a pretty wild series in that it was it was a 23-2 to two game, and then it was the greatest upset in more than a decade. Verlander versus Baltimore, and then they come back and win in the on the walk off by Rio Ruiz. Yeah, of all people. So 
to get to the question on this one, the injuries for the two of them, I think, is what makes this a little bit more of a long shot than anything. And maybe that they either of these two guys gets added in September. I don't believe Whitley was on the 40, man. And if that's true, that's going to make that's it a little bit... That's an issue. Right, yeah. I mean, now, granted, they figured it out with Jordan Alvarez, but Whitley's only made two starts for A since returning from the injury, and neither one was impressive. In Lazardo's case... I believe after he returned, he had a slight setback, so he's back to making shorter outings in rookie ball in high A. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the last outing he had, Saturday, 7Ks, three perfect innings at high A Stockton. So I, I'm with you on Lazardo, but it's it's got to be September, right? I would think it's not anytime soon. So, yes, but he's active. Well, he's, he's on the 40 minutes, so he'll be eligible for the playoffs when they make it. But, yeah, I'd say September. But that could be three or four really good starts. I mean, could. Lazaro could. could be like Dustin May of the American League. I mean, that's a he really could. top prospect starting pitcher with strikeout potential May? in a playoff race. Oh, yeah, May. Now that you mentioned it, he actually got some very good news and that Rich Hill will be a reliever when he comes back. Yes, I need Dustin May in one of my leagues to be a six strikeouts per start guy, win a few. I tried, man. And I, I'm sorry, man, but you're way too worried. <laughs> I'm sorry to say I, um, it. I, you, Emailed half the league yesterday trying to trade Gerard Dyson because I think I've got stolen bases locked up. I'm up like 18, and it's an NL only. And I there was mo- there was like a couple people didn't even reply, but like he's got a lot of stolen bases anyway. Which league is this? This is NL labor. I, I there was a proposal on the table where I could have gotten Ryan McMahon, then I didn't, but it just didn't work what out. What was that league again? Um, next question here. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man, you are way too worried. I'm not worried, Tristan. I'm doing the proper thing that you would do, which is try to win the league. If you I have know. a chance to win a league, you pull out all the stops. You you trade away. If you're winning steals by 18, you trade your top yeah. stolen base guy. If you if you don't need all your depth, you trade it away. You fortify your bench. You you do what you've got to do. Yeah. I got outbid yeah. for Oberg and Lugo. I really need a starter anyway. I really need Brandon Woodruff ASAP. I've lost two spots in K's. Yep, I could still lose that, would that be, league. That would be a very big return to you. And I, I took a I took a deep look at your roster during the weekend. I think you were in very good shape. If you get Woodruff back, that's a pretty big thing. This is not, and I don't worry about this every day. I actually did not look at the standings last week, Sunday to Sunday, because there's no point. I I kind of know where everything is. You can't make moves during the week anyway in that league. So I'm not checking the standings every day. I know who I have. I don't know who my opponent has, DVR. Uh, that's Derek Van Riper, who's really good. He's at the Athletic now. He's a great guy. He's fine if he wins. But I, 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 as I told our friend Gianella, I think I have like a 70-30 chance. And there's no jinxes, okay? That doesn't work that way. I have a 70-30 chance to win the league, but there are things that can go wrong. And I want to avoid that happening. If Gerard Dyson was Ryan McMahon, that would really help me because RBI and home runs are big Lots of teams involved. I think uh, this individual you mentioned might think you have a 700% chance of winning. But... It's not me. <laughs> and, you know, there's only so much you can do in an NL only when yeah. you have only $4 left to spend. There's nothing to buy anyway. A couple more questions here, and then we'll all go to the fantasy football stuff. Robert writes in, do we know when Johnny Cueto will officially be back? You know he's had some decent rehab starts. He's touched low 90s on his fastball. Is he worth stashing? Johnny Cueto, Really? Yeah, actually, the news on him has been pretty positive. Okay. Uh, he, he's resumed official rehabilitation starts. The, the in, uh, initial one was in, uh, in Scottsdale in the rookie league. Uh, he threw two scoreless innings. At, which day was that? That was Friday. Um, so that gives him two consecutive outings of just two shutout innings, which is pretty good. 
and it's possible you could you know see him making three, four, maybe five starts in September, probably unlimited pitch counts. I, I, I've had a guy in my keeper league add him just as a stash for the heck of it. Cueto or Lazardo this year? Lazardo, right? Not necessarily. All right. Well, which I, one would you take? I think I'd take Cueto because I think it's a little bit more likely he's going to steamroll his way into that rotation. Okay. Nick has a question. He can keep two in a three-year keeper league. And there's going to be more keeper league questions as the season goes on because the playoffs are almost here in head-to-head and, and you know people are out of the race. Uh, Charlie Morton at a dollar for two more years. Shane Bieber at nine dollars for two more years. Or Luis Castillo at six for two more years. What do you do? Wow, <laughs> you got to be able to move at least one of these if you can't keep them. I mean, Morton at a dollar—that's unbelievable. That's that's absurd. He's yeah. got to be one of them. The the only concern with Morton is you know there's going to be a day he decides this is it. This is my last year, and I'm going to retire. Uh, he made that very clear when he signed this contract in the first place. So I am tempted to go with Bieber here, but at a dollar. I'm taking the 2020 of Morton for a dollar. Fair enough. Um, any final thoughts here? Like, uh, you know, anything going on? I mean, like the trade deadline in the ESPN leagues, has that happened yet? Might be soon. Look it up. <laughs> we, sh- we should make sure that we know when it is. But I would think it's it might even be this week. But check your league, whether you play on ESPN or another site. Like, I don't know, actually, when the trade deadline is in labor. I probably should ask that. Labor's is at the end of the month. The end of August, right? It yeah. usually is, but you know, sometimes you're not, you don't know for sure. Um, Tom I'm is trying to find whether... looking up the ESPN. Like, yeah. I, I didn't prepare to, to say that. <laughs> I'm trying to look up what the office league trade deadline is, too. Because... I assume that's the same as, well, maybe not. Oh, that's right. There's no deadline in that one. There's I no trade that. deadline in that league? There's no trade deadline in the office league. That's a problem, league. man. Well, like, nobody in that league should be doing anything dumb. Like, I'm in, what, eighth place out of... 14 teams or whatever. And oh, I'm, the Vampire team. The Vampire Leagues play traditional settings, so let's see. All right. Well, whatever um, it is in your league, please make sure you get it August right. 16th, 2019 okay. at 12 p.m. Eastern. That right, would so be Friday. That is this Friday. Okay. So, yeah, it's a good thing I mentioned it because, <laughs> you know, people need to know. Maybe I'll even write about it in my blogs this week. There you go. Well, it's not in Monday's blog. All right. That is all for today. Thank you so much for listening to our little show. We know you have lots of other choices, but if you keep downloading, listening to us, we do appreciate it. Fantasy football is in swing. You can find me and, and Matthew and Field and Clay and everybody else in the marathon for 28 hours starting at, I think, 7 p.m. Monday night Eastern on ESPN, ESPN2, lots of channels there, and it'll be going on into tomorrow night as well. Great job by everybody today. Tarika Foster, our Monday producer. Kyle Soppy showed up. Tom Carpenter silently editorially watchdogging. And of course, Tristan Cockroft. Get that voice voice back, buddy. I'm Eric Carabell. Have an awesome week. Everything is awesome. Darkness.